coming up on this episode of the MD and Chef Team Show. And to the present moment, which is where action happens, which your intention and action happens, clean up the past and envision a future that calls you forward and then come back systematically as if like you've got a camera in and a camera out and you're constantly during the day watching, observing, intending. So you don't have, you don't get stuck a lot in a lot of the noise anymore. Welcome to the show from the The MD MD and Chef Chef Team. Team. I'm Dr. Isabel, medical doctor here at the MD and Chef Team. And who are you? I'm Chef Michael, culinary nutrition expert. I'm the chef part of the team. And what are we going to talk about, babe? Now, I can say that because he's my husband. (laughs) Yes. Well, then we'll be talking about marriage, relationships, parenting, intimacy. We'll talk about mindsets of success, overcoming depression, anxiety. I'll be getting into functional nutrition, recipes and tips from the kitchen. And we're going to both get into how to live a long, healthy, vibrant life. Yes, I love it. Our mission is to help you prevent and reverse disease and give you hope in the process. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. We We like like to have have fun, fun too. So let's Let's get get on on with the show. So how are you doing? I'm doing fabulous. I am. You just had a little vacation? I turned 60. No way. Yes. And... uh, (laughs) And then I went on vacation. I went to Barcelona and Lisbon. I've never been there before. And my husband and I had said that until we can walk, we wanted to uh, go around the world and kind of see, you know, especially like major cities uh, to feel like, okay, I'm living on earth and I've pretty much like checked out earth. So this COVID thing didn't allow us for two days, two years. And then it was like, you know what? I'm 60. We're doing this. Yeah. when we went to Lisbon, we went to Barcelona. I'd never been there before and I loved it. Are you going to move there? You know, I was thinking of one month in Barcelona would be really nice because now I'm seeing a lot of clients um, on Zoom and my husband is working with China, Hong Kong, everything on Zoom. And I'm like, you know, I know, month. I know it has really helped us out, hasn't it? Yes. Yeah, we've benefited. Hey, how about if I introduce you to the listener? Because <laughs> I haven't done that yet. Okay. Um, Dr. Fujian Zane is a psychotherapist that I have just met, and I just got to share her with you guys. She's a psychotherapist, a radio podcast host, international speaker, and author. She has her doctorate in clinical psychology, strong work, and is a licensed marriage and family therapist practicing online and in her office in Southern California. Good old Southern California. I love it. Dr. Zane is the originator of awareness, integration, educational and psychological therapy and intervention, and is also the author of six books. Wow. How did you do six books that I did one and it was so painful. (laughs) It's a, it's an act of love, isn't it? Yes, it is. Six books. me and then it just gotta you know be be shared with people that's how it shows up that's great so author of six books including life reset 
I'm sorry, the author of five books. She is also the host of a heartfelt chat with Dr. Fujian at KMET 1490 AM ABC Radio. And she's appeared on the Dr. Phil Show and is a guest speaker in universities, including Harvard. Congratulations. Thank you. Welcome, Dr. Fujian. I'm so glad you're here with us. It's sweet to be with you. And it's so nice to meet you. And it's so nice to meet everybody who's going to be with us. Yes. Well, I'm here in New Zealand. You're in California, but this goes out to the world, which is what the beauty is of what we're doing is just sharing this, this information, this nutrition for the brain. I wanted to start off asking you, what about your journey that's encouraged you to develop the awareness integration theory? Um, I am an immigrant. I originally came uh, from Iran. I was born and then I uh, migrated at 12 years of age, um, pretty much alone. Um, I had gone through a lot of, uh, you know, childhood abuse, uh, sexual abuse and like neglect. And then I came to the U.S. at 12 and pretty much raised myself. So you could imagine uh, I was a survivor. So by age, let's say, you know, at, at the time I said, you know, by age 30, I want to make it. I want to have my own home. I want to have my business. I want to do this and this and that. And I did. I did. And then it was more like I was suffering so much internally. Nothing made me happy. And I crumbled everything. I got a divorce. I let go of my business. And I was just like very depressed. And I'm like, something's not working. So it's not Hmm. like, go, 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 have a dream, make it. You're going to be happy. Well, I created the dream. I survived all of the stuff. I made it and I wasn't. So that concept took me to therapy and side by side, I started going to all of the, you know, self-actualization seminars. So it was the coaching, it was spirituality, it was psychotherapy. And it was like, I was going to, I was going to look at me and see what's going on. And so I opened up to this world of amazing uh, theorists and, um, you know, psychotherapists and educators and all of that. And then I started looking, Isabel, um, all of these amazing theories that some go, you know, focus on the brain and the on, on the thought process. Some of the theories look at the emotional process. Some of them look at the body. Some of them look at the behavior. And some of them, you know, focus on traumas. And I just went and learned all of them. You know, I learned hypnosis. I learned eye movement desensitization reprocessing for trauma. I learned, you know, cognitive behavioral, emotional focus therapy, tapping therapy, anything that was there that was going to be offered. I was going to be the first one who was going to learn it. And then not only worked on myself and went to therapy a lot with those people who, you know, um, with the with the type of theories that they were offering. Mm learn and to see how it works on me as a client. And then I did it with my, you know, in uh, work with so many people for 30 years. One of the things that I really saw was that um, there is, there's an awareness missing. So we don't, we don't raise our children with making them aware of who they are. Uh, Usually we, you know, it's almost like watch the society, watch not pissing off anybody, watch what everybody's doing and do it versus who am I? How am I thinking? How am I feeling? What am I behaving? What are my actions? What am I intending? And how do I impact my life with this way of thinking, you know, emotions and, and behaviors? We don't teach our children. It doesn't happen with parenting. It doesn't happen with, um, with school systems. Mm-mm. So 
people kind of just grow up, survive growing up. And then somewhere around, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, they're like, oh, what happened? Let me go back and check. And then it's like, oh, look at all of this. And let me like, re, uh, you know, redo my life. So uh, the first part was like, okay, maybe we all need to create awareness and know the, you know, a mindfulness showed up with that. But mindfulness is a little bit about, let me just meditate and watch. I wanted a little bit more awareness of a, um, a, a more active awareness that it's not just watching. So it's not just, okay, I've got the camera on, but beyond the, the camera is only the first step. Now I want to own it, that these are the things I'm thinking. These are the things I'm feeling. These are the things, you know, that I act, I'm acting upon. And that is how come I have this type of a result. Like the world is as is, the world comes to me as is. But I'm also the one who handles the world, right? That's right. You either respond or react. How are you going to do it? Exactly. So I thought that type of an awareness was important for us to now be even taught through childhood. So be taught to parents and be taught to educators. And you know, maybe we could take it to school so they could kids could start learning this thing about themselves as they're growing up versus finally coming to therapy at age 30 and learning these things and going back. But even the therapy world was more like, you know, you go in and they're like, what did your mother do to you? What did your father do to you? What kind of stuff? And it's always their fault versus, well, yeah, it, they did what they could. And yes, you went through some traumas and all of that, but what did you make it out of it? Because some people can fall, some people can break, and some people become resilient, some people actually grow. So it's like there's something about us that handles all of mm-hmm. these you know, um, stuff that happens around the world. And then there was also this part that I saw that we would take as a therapy world, we would take people to their childhood and we would refocus on all of those. Isn't it that we were actually re-traumatizing people? Right, exactly. You know, and I was like, well, none of these belief systems are dismantling. The best that is happening is our clients are crying a lot. Uh, there's a lot of tissues that are going. They're getting, you know, reactivated constantly. And the most that they can do is they're going to get activated. They're going to react. At one point, they catch themselves and they challenge. I'm okay. And I let go. But they're, pretty, they're always in turmoil until they catch themselves. And it was like, you know what? If we made up these belief systems, then we should be able to dismantle them. But we had to first own them know where they came from when we made those decisions in order to dismantle them. So then obviously from hypnosis, from EMDR, from many of the techniques that are out there, I brought the best that was out there and created this kind of like the formula that you could go, you could find the core belief, you could find the emotion and what is in your system and then go find the earliest memory that you have and bring upon and the time that you made these decisions and then reintegrate it into your system reintegrated from your adult side, who's actually looking from who you are, from your strengths, from your resiliency, from skills you've learned now to that vulnerable side of you who was stuck, who was powerless, who got frozen in one, in time, in a sense, and reintegrate this. And then as we do this in every area of life, so you, you know, you do go through this process of like, it's a six phase model. So if you go through the Four of these phases, which are awareness about my relationship to you, awareness of all my assumptions about how I assume you and all the world thinks about me, feels about me and that. And the awareness of what do I do to myself? Because obviously I carry myself and constantly have a dialogue with myself. 
do I scold myself? Am I nice to myself? Do I punish myself? So first three phases are this type of awareness. And then the fourth phase is finding the core belief, going, dismantling, coming back, reintegrating, coming. Now we do this four phases, Isabel, in every area of your life. So your relationship with people, acquaintances, friends, work, money, uh, mate, sexuality, children, siblings, parents, um, yourself, your uh, your uh, illnesses, your addictions, your body, um, nature, universe, death, and God. And any other area you think you might have. I think I, you've kind of wrapped it up. <laughs> and the reason, the reason I thought we should do this is because imagine that I'm two-year-old, three-year-old, and I decide that I'm not good enough because my mother was scolding me at one point or wasn't paying enough attention to me. And I decided, obviously, I'm not good enough. So then I go to school. And the first time a teacher says something to me, and they're just being the teacher, right? Right, right. They might say something to all of it, but if the teacher says something to me and I'm like, see, I'm not good enough. So this goes in the area of like relationship with others. Then my friend says, which all friends say, I don't want to be your best friend anymore. I'm like, see, I'm not good enough. And then I become, you know, like a teenager and I'm falling in love with somebody. And at the beginning, like, no, I don't want to go steady with you. See, I'm not good enough. And then I go to work and everybody who's gone to work at one point got fired or, you know, they told them they're not, that they didn't get a good evaluation and see, I'm not good enough. So you could see, uh, and then they become a parent. And obviously at one point, they're not a good enough parent. And you could imagine that one little belief that started here, mm. it kind of like, you know, um, has its web in every area of life. So when somebody comes to work on one area, you see that the thread is also in all the other areas. So I said, hey, if we're dismantling corporate, let's do it in all the areas because we want to clean up. Right. I love it. You're going to clean up. We're going to clean up. And then after we and then we go back into, you know, we create an intentionality that, okay, like if I was going to reinvent my life, if I was going to be the agent who was actually co-creator of this life with the rest of life, who do I intend to be? Like, now that I know my strengths, now that I know my vulnerabilities, what worked, what didn't work throughout these years. Now, what type of thought process do I intend that I'm willing to take on? What type of emotions am I really wanting to experience and which ones as they come in, I acknowledge them, but I'm like, "Mm, no, I don't want to surf there. Which type of behaviors am I willing to do? And which type of behaviors I'm not, I'm not going to do them. I'm choosing not to do them. And what kind of impact, what kind of, you know, results I want to create and in the outside. So we could create a mission statement. You know how companies have a mission statement. Yes, absolutely. We can create a mission statement because this is how I'm going to operate in life and in every area of life. And after making that mission statement about who I intend to be, then what I would do is go back to all of these areas of life, you know, almost 21 areas of life, whatever is applicable, and then create who I intend to be in that relationship, in that area, and set up goals and action plans and, you know, then create a system of accountability buddies and, you know, a way that that structure can maintain. So it's a model that is accumulated from a lot of great theories out there. Every intervention that has worked out there was like, bring it into the soup. The best yes. of the best. Bring yes. It into the soup. And then, you know, we become present 
and to the present moment, which is where action happens, which your intention and action happens, clean up the past and envision a future that calls you forward and then come back systematically as if like you've got a camera in and a camera out and you're constantly during the day watching, observing, intending. So you don't have, you don't get stuck a lot in a lot of the noise anymore. As you observe, you intend, you act. And a lot of the shh that's happening in our head with those conversations, it's almost like it gets quiet and cleaned up. So you become very efficient. We've done research on multiple demographics, and uh, we found that it really, on a psychotherapy level, it brings down depression 75% and uh, anxiety about 64%. Excellent. Yes. And we did this uh, study in uh, Cal State Long Beach with four classes, uh, the University of of California in Long Beach, four uh, classes. And, you know, depression in uh, youth and in college students is at the highest, right? And, And suicide rates is at the highest. So we went to this group. Four classes, almost like 300 uh, people. And this one was not even, uh, was not a therapy or coaching. It was just them taking the modules from this book, Life Reset. Mm -hmm. So we gave them every week a module of this Life Reset. They have different areas that they were at. They would go journal and they would come back. And even with no therapy or coaching, just doing the journaling of this model, we still found 64% minimization of depression and 43 anxiety. So that was astonishing Yes, uh, to find that. And I could tell you, you know, obviously if we're cleaning up the past, we're lifting off depression. Mm. If we're becoming the agent of our life and intending and moving to the future, we're alleviating anxiety. And then because that's happening and because you're in power, then your self-esteem arises, your self-confidence and self-efficacy rises. And it just life becomes a more kind of a fulfilling life that you are, you own it, you're responsible and you own it. So that's how awareness integration got created. Wow. From your journey. I love it. I love it because it's real. It's not a theory. This is. This is you living that experience. Um, I just, you know, our past just has such an effect on us. You know, before the age of 11, I mean, before the age of nine or 11, um, we believe everything that everybody says to us. I mean, it just gets planted into our subconscious. And it's not until a nine or 11, I forget that you're like, you've got a door that you go, no, I'm not listening to this. So I want to ask you, you know, you briefly said you left. Iran, you came to America and you raised yourself all alone. Like what, what happened there? Because there's so many people that have had stuff, junk happen in their past. Um, How did you go about with this, with this integration theory, how did you go about cleaning that up? Well, I was, well, um, I was sexually molested from the age three to eight. And then I came to, I was in a family of a divorced parents, which my mother was very, very uh, active and famous in Iran. And she was very much into her career. So it was more like I was just kind of out there trying to figure out who I am. Um, And they were beautiful human beings. They just weren't necessarily made for parenting. Right, right. And then because of a lot of the rebellious and rage that I had because of not being parented, 
um, it was more like, okay, these opportunities showed up about uh, boarding schools in, in the United States. And so I was kind of sent to go on because you're too much trouble with your rage. So go on. So I went into boarding school and um, I was- At what age? What age did you go into boarding school? So I came at 12 and went to a boarding school in the United States with, obviously I was there. And then um, at age 15, I graduated high school and I went to the university. But then the uh, revolution in Iran happened. So all of the financial pieces, my mother lost her job and, and you know, in entertainment and all of that, that was nothing. So at age 17, I had to actually quit school and start working three jobs in order to just, you know, live, uh, basically. Um, so I started working really hard in order just to survive. And then put myself back to school. So I had to earn money because the money couldn't come from, you know, my family anymore. So I had to earn money and put myself back to school. Calling all women. Are you feeling depressed, anxious, lacking in energy, having problems sleeping all night long, waking up with brain fog or maybe even hopelessness? And you know that there is a better you that wants to come out? Hello, it's me, Dr. Isabel. And wow, if any of this sounds like you, I get you. I have been in this place and I really wish someone who really knew what I was going through would have been there to help me through to the other side of that deep, dark place. That's why I started the Shame-Free Anxiety and Depression Community for women only. It's a free and private Facebook group. Would you like weekly coaching to help you become your best self? And how about be inspired and encouraged by other women in the community? We now know that we grow better in community and not alone. The link is in the podcast description, or you can search in Facebook for the shame-free anxiety and depression community for women. It's free. It's private. And it's safe. I hope to see you there soon. And now back to the podcast. I think I was the only 15 year old who came and uh, said I wanted to have an apartment. And they're like, well, we don't give you apartments until 18. I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? I need to go have an apartment. So they gave me an apartment. (laughs) Because that's what I need. Because that's what I need. Or I had, you know, the check that came from Iran and I went to the bank and I'm like, here, you know, can I open a bank account where you're not 18? Well, I'm like, what am I going to do? This is my passport. This is my check. Please open a bank account for me. And they did. And it was more like, you know, it's interesting when you when you are out there in the world and you need it and you create it and you move forward. But I think everything was so much out of survival that when I gained everything that I said I wanted, it was so much out of survival that I only knew how to survive. Mm. So the fulfillment wasn't there. Yes, yes. And I, although I had reached everything, my self-esteem was down. I was wounded because of the, because of the uh, sexual abuse, because of everything else. So that's where the healing needed to show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where the therapy and a lot of the self-progress courses, um, such as LifeSpring, Landmark, a lot of those uh, on side by side with uh, with the therapy 
it was more like for me to get healed, you know, to be reparented again, to come to a place of, of going through every of the, the trauma that I had, relationships that I had, and then the decisions I made about myself, about, you know, my parents, everybody else to kind of, you know, bring them into a space that I could recognize my strength and recognize what they've given me as a strength, all the good genes I got from them and all the good behaviors I got. Right. And what are the areas that I lacked? What are the areas that I was wounded? And to be able to heal that. And I think we all deserve this. We all deserve. Nobody deserves to stay in their traumas and stay in those thought processes. We all deserve to just have a fulfilled life on earth. What does a fulfilled life mean to you? That's a great question. Um, To me, it's more of having the ability to be with life as is. And you get to like it or not like it. It's okay. To to attempt to change what you can't like, what you don't like, or accept what is, and then enjoy all the areas that are there that are given to you as a gift and the areas that you are a gift and you're giving it to the people. Like, you know, I I came at the, when I said, you know, at 15, when I came and I wanted an apartment, I remember this man with his, uh, with his mother who owned these small apartment complex. And he just looked at me and says, legally, I can't do this, but I get it that you're in a bind. So go ahead. I'll give you the studio. They came with me and we went to shopping with their mother and bought me stuff. And we, we did all of that. So sometimes, you know, it was, I had it in my brain that I can't trust anybody because obviously I was abused and this and that. And then you look at the world as like, I came as a 15-year-old into a country, a 12-year-old in a country, but at a 15-year-old completely on my own. with wow. no And people didn't abuse me. People took me under their wings. People gave me their love and their strength. So it's more of coming out of that, Ugh, you know, I can't trust anybody because I was abused by a couple of people. And looked at all these other, the gift that the world was giving me about all of these people who were just there to give me their love. So it's this kind of a perspective that is shifts that you could look at the beauty, tolerate or resist and, and move along the stuff that it's not a beauty. And then the other side is how can I promote beauty, you know, and bring the best of me out to the world? Because I could be a jerk. Any of us can. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm guilty. (laughs) And to choose whether I want to bring my jerkness in every aspect or bring my generosity, you know, my love, my gratitude into every step. And to me, when we can shift those perspectives, then we can be fulfilled in every act, in every relatedness. Mm -hmm. That's what I would call fulfillment. Yes, that's beautiful. And so many people are living wounded, scared, sheltered lives. You know, they're afraid of the world. And there really is so much beauty out there if we just allow it, you know, and if we start seeing it, which is what one of the things that gratefulness does is being present. Well, I'm definitely going to be buying your book, Life Reset, because my husband and I always have like maybe about 15 books that we get for each other for Christmas and we just gobble them up. That's like our gifts. And I'm putting your book on my list because I'm sure I will have a lot of things to teach about from there. 
Thank you. I wanted to ask you what, before we land this plane, you know, we've been sitting in uh, first class here. <laughs> what uh, three, what three action steps would you be able to give to our listeners so that they can start winning today? I think the first thing is let's be responsible for our own thought process. Yes. Yes. It is not the world's um, responsibility to take care of us. It is my responsibility to take care of me and find and relate and connect and negotiate with the world around me to do that. So first let's be responsible when I'm looking at that responsibility, then know that, Whatever's happening in here is only mine. The only thing something becomes real is in between us. So be re- I'm going to be responsible for what I put out here in between, because that is what becomes real. The dialogue we have, the acts that we do, whether we do a drag, you know, act of harming someone or ourselves, or act of gratitude and, and kindness to another person. Mm-hmm. Um, So those two are, I think, the most beautiful thing that I could ask anybody to do. And the third one is know that you deserve to be happy. You deserve it. So take a stand for it. Take a stand for your happiness toward yourself. It's not like I'm going to demand that the world creates happiness for me. The world is the world. It does what it does. It's more like if I know that I deserve it, it is my right to create it, then I would do anything. And whatever is your game, you know, you could do it through spirituality. You could do it through cleaning up, you know, your brain and do the psychology of it. You could do it through philanthropy. You could do it through helping others. However it is that you can get a project bigger than you. I think that creates fulfillment for us. Mm-hmm. Amen. I love that. A project bigger than you. Like, yeah, that's. That's so me. I get that. And I love that. I hope everybody got that. Have a project bigger than you that will serve so many people. I, and you're in the schools, which is where it needs to start. We are. We have one day care, Isabel, that has been doing this for six years. And it's astonishing to even be able to do this with pre-verbal uh, you know, infants and how you teach the parents and how you deal with the kids. So they even, you know, as, as close as two years old, they already are, have an emotional uh, intelligence about how to handle their own thoughts, process emotions and, how, you know, how they intend and the relationship. Uh, we have the opportunity to create school um, classes for junior high and high school. I'm going to be a teaching class, teaching a class in University of California in Long Beach and teaching awareness integration to the students in, you know, so we're starting that in the universities um, and hoping that, you know, uh, with the university research, we could also start teaching the teachers and psychotherapists. I create a certification program for psychotherapists to be um, having this model. And then we also have an app that it would be coming out in uh, 2022. Uh, that is for people to go through it, the app and actually mm the exercises through the app. Um, Excellent idea. Yeah. Excellent idea. I've like, you know, 8 million people have an access to this. And one of the ways to have people have an access to it is absolutely through uh, an app. I love it. I love the big thinking to help heal. I love that. My mission is to eradicate emotional suffering. The same way I think your mission is to eradicate 
you know, the, the disease in a sense as a, as a physician. I think my mission is to eradicate emotional suffering. We're going to have emotional ups and downs. That's being a human being. Mm. But we need to eradicate emotional suffering, which is where we hold a grip onto the thing and knowing how to let that go and let flow. And become your best. And become your best. Now, where can people find you? Fujanzane.com. And that will be in our show notes, I promise. <laughs> um, social media, whomever likes, you know, LinkedIn, the Facebook, Twitter, uh, uh, Instagram, all of them, Dr. Fujanzang. Great. And can just lift up your book one more time so people can see. Life, life Reset. Right. Life Reset. Yes, I love it. Can't wait. I love the cover too. And the tree, one with one with leaves, the other one bare. I think I want to be on the, the side with all the leaves. I think so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Anything else you want to say in the last minute before we say bye-bye? It was a joy talking to you. You're a, uh, you're a, uh, like a, a, a star that shines. Your, <laughs> your laughter, your energy. It's welcoming. It's promoting. It's uh, you're 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 amazing. So thank you, thank you for giving me the opportunity to meet with you, to dialogue with you, and to and to be with your audience. Thank you. I look forward to working with you in the future too, Dr. Fujian Zain. And that's a wrap for us, everybody. Thank you for joining us at the MD and Chef Team podcast. And before I go, please remember to remain unstoppable. Chase down whatever you are, whatever in your heart. Know that it's in your heart for a reason and just remain unstoppable. I love you and have a super fantastic day. Bye-bye. Hello, Chef Michael here. If you enjoyed today's episode, We would love it if you subscribed to the podcast and left us a review.